Welcome to Success with Style, everyone. I'm Rob Giardinelli. I think there's music under this. There will be at some point soon. Hi, everyone. I'm Lance Avery Morgan, and we are here today with the real deal, Neil Hamill. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, guys. You have been booked for what? I think nine months now for this date, for this podcast recording opportunity. You're a a busy guy. It's like a bird. It is. Or bris. I'm so... <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. I felt that. Charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm happy to be here with you two. We're so glad to see you. Neil, you're one of our favorite people. Likewise. Comma, and favorite Times people two. in Houston. Aww. Thank you. Because you really are, you represent the best of Houston, both sort of the tradition of Houston and where Houston's going. Houston's going down fast, dude. Oh, I think it's going. I think you kids are going places. Uh-oh. I think you're going places. It's such a fun city. Well, you're a native of the area. Yes, you grew Baytown. Up in Baytown. Mm-hmm. Right. The metropolis of Baytown. Well, in that little neck of the woods, it is the big city. I know. I know, which is so You great. know, people that are from Liberty, like Greg Fortique, Yes. They had to come to Baytown to buy anything. You young men from the provinces do so well in the big city. We just, you know, you have to figure out your way out. Well, it helps to be smart and attractive and talented, right? I mean, it, ain't, it doesn't hurt. Well, I don't know. I think I just got lucky. Okay, mostly. that too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get to Houston? Tell us about that. Um, I started modeling in 1976. Neil Hamill, semicolon, teen model. I was a teen model. That's incredible. Who'd you model for? Uh, my very first job was in a fashion show at Neiman Marcus at the Galleria. Believe it or not, wow. it was all it was there. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, this yeah. was back in that day. I right. think the Galleria was built in '71, maybe. Yeah. It was all very new and fabulous, but that was my. That's what brought me to Houston. You know, Baytown's only about thirty-five minutes away. Spitting distance, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Well, now that I-10 is 83 lanes each direction, you know, it, you can get there in a heartbeat. It's incredible. It really Not that is. you'd want to get there, but if you got there. If we wanted to, we could yes. in a heartbeat. You know, There's still some great people there. Neiman Marcus opened their first store outside of Dallas in Houston at the Galleria. In That's fact, right. That was part of the Galleria opening is that the stamp of approval, from what I understand from Neiman Marcus, really gave it sort of the cachet yeah. to go with... Uh, Sackowitz. And Sackowitz was not happy. Battlesteins. I bet not. Well, it put a, you know, there was, there were quite a few stores. Joski's, uh, Foley's, I mean, on and on and went away. Yeah. You know, there was Isabel Gerhardt, there was Battlesteins, there was a lot of nice lady dress shops that just, you know, when Neiman's opened, that was the end. Yeah. And Sackowitz finally, you know, succumbed to the Neiman Marcus mega brand. Yeah, that's right. So, it's a machine. It is a machine. So you said you modeled at Neiman's. I did. That was my first modeling job in 1976. There was a girl I went to high school with named Minette Chasnoff, who every day at lunch said, you should be a model. You Aww. should be a model. What a nice like, compliment. And this I'm is like, at the lunch table in the lunchroom? Yeah. Uh-huh. At Robert E. Lee High School. Uh-huh. And she... I are they like, renaming I mean, that, by the way? They probably are going to have to at some point. Gotcha. Because it's Robert E. Lee. But, Just check them. I mean, don't put my name in the hopper. Neil Hamill uh-huh. High. I know. <laughs> Neil Hamill Hamel High, High used to mean something different. Different. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> um, but yeah, they, she every day would say, and I didn't even know what a model was, you know, and she talked me into going to a, meet an agency in Houston. There was kind of one premier agency called Ben Shaw, mm-hmm. and um, she made the appointment, and then we came in together, and um, the day that I was there for my appointment, 
Benshaw was ill. I didn't know that he was stage four cancer at that oh, point. Oh, but, wow. So his partner in life and partner in business, Barry Horn, took the appointment and he um, signed me right then and there. And like a week later, um, Neiman Marcus booked me for, for runway? a fashion show. Oh, and, wow. Um, fast forward to when I opened my own agency in Houston. The, the eponymous Neil, Neil Hamill, Hamill agency. agency. Yes, which, which is still around. Oh, yes. It's still thriving. I don't own it anymore, but it's there. Right. And, yeah. um, but the, the crazy thing is the first person that called my office and gave me bookings was the very same woman at Neiman Marcus who gave me my first job as a model. Wow. And oh, she wow. gave me my first book bookings as an agent. So Amazing. That was all just very serendipity do. Wonderful. Wow. Yes. And I had told her I was gonna open an agency, so she I told her which of the models were gonna come with me. Because you were friends with them all. I was yes. Yeah. And so she put all of her bookings to the side and waited for my first day. Wow. 9 a.m. Holy and smoke. At 10 after 9, she called and gave me enough business that morning to pay my overhead for the month. Incredible. Wow. Wow. Her name is Joan Wilson, and she's retired now, but I love her. Manette Chasnoff and Joan Wilson and Barry Horn are the reason I ever did anything. Isn't that something? You know, it so is. many people can say that Neil Hamill <laughs> and the Neil Hamill agency yeah. and the Neil Hamill brand as a human would be responsible for their success you know i got so lucky we before we went on air we were talking about you know luck and i, I just have always been lucky in certain ways and that was one of them and when i started my little agency with my sister we i i got very fortunate because within a very short time of opening a brand new girl attending westbury high school named karen wilcox walk through my door and she was every single thing it takes to be a superstar i, I couldn't believe it i had modeled in new york mm -hmm. so i knew what it which we're going to get to in a moment we are so i had like a dozen girls and plus karen and then maybe five or six guys and i just had them all photographed and i got on a plane I flew from Houston to Milan and then to London and to Paris and then to New York and then back here. And I knew what agencies to go and see from being a model. Right. I didn't know anybody at mm -hmm. them, but I knew where to go. And so I just got my little portfolio with my little model's pictures and got on the plane. And after my first day in Milan visiting agencies, they'd, I'd walk in the door and they'd say, we don't see male models on Tuesday or whatever. I said, no, I'm an agent. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, right. And I say, here are my models. Oh, right. You hottie are not a model. <laughs> really? They're like, you're. <laughs> so they took my little book of pictures. And with every single time within minutes, the owner of the agency would come out and meet me and take me back and say, where'd you come from? Who are these people? And I want them all. So by the time. And these I, are all Texas kids. Yeah. These, these are, are all Houstonians. Houston kids. Right. Unreal. And so it really was. And so by the time I left Milan to go to Paris, already the agents there had heard about me. Mm. And when I arrived in New York, I was staying at the Barbizon Hotel because it was the hotel closest to the Ford agency on and it was it was co-ed by that time. Barbizon it was used to be yes. all female and, and mm -hmm. comma. But and I didn't Neil know any of this. Oh, okay, I gotcha. just 
my travel agent booked me there because um, it was the closest to the Ford yeah, agency, okay. which was at 344 East 59th Street. Mm -hmm. Midtown, love it. Yes. Um, so when I checked in and I went to my room, I was in this, not in the little $99 room I booked, but I was in this suite and every table in the room had flowers on them wow. with a note and a huge fruit basket with a handwritten note from Eileen Ford that said, welcome to New York. I am looking forward to seeing you tomorrow at 10. What a welcome. Wow. I mean, and so I, I was like, what? And so yeah. I went the next morning at 10 o'clock to the Ford agency and walked into Eileen's office and she never let me go. Isn't that wow. incredible? And that was the, we just fell in love that minute. And, and it was also that minute that she said, what are you doing in Houston? And she bugged me for 10, the next 10 years straight yep. to join her. Right. Well, she knew talent. But the first girl, Karen Wilcox, got on the plane, went to Milan. She arrived at the agency and from the airport and they freaked out and they called a photographer named Mike Reinhardt, who was shooting Italian Vogue in a studio in Milan. So they called Mike and said, we're sending you this incredible girl that she just got here, literally from Texas this minute. She went to the studio, she met Mike, he told them hair and makeup to put her in hair and makeup, and he put her on the set and sent everybody else home hmm. and shot 16 covers of Italian Vogue with Karen. Wow. And literally hundreds of pages and flew, they traveled all over the world. Incredible. And that really did it. So from that point on, I never had to get on an airplane ever again mm -hmm. because every agent in literally the world came to my office here in Houston from Japan, Australia, everywhere. And they all just wanted the next new kids that I had. The next Neil Nifty. The next Karen Wilcox. And yeah. we found quite a few. And she was legendary. Yes. And she, sadly, she, um, it, it, she's very ill. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Sorry. Well, we wish her the best if she's yes. listening in. But um, let's, let's rewind yes. a little bit. So you, Teen Neil Hamill, post-teen Neil Hamill, <laughs> leave Houston, leave leave Baytown to yep. Houston to conquer New York. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I conquered it. Bright Lights, Big City. I took a bite out of that I'll apple. i bet you did. <laughs> and it took In three fact, bites out of me. Yeah, your teeth prints are still there, by the <laughs> That's way. That's right. Exactly. Uh, how, how, how did a young man from the provinces enjoy New York then? Well, again, luck. Um, my third day there, um, I got in a cab and I told the cab driver, do you know where Studio 54 is? And he said, yes. I said, that's where I'm going. And I had on um, a white, this was the preppy era. I remember. So I had a white button down Ralph Lauren shirt and jeans and uh, probably Stan Smith's. Mm -hmm. And I, as the cab pulled up and there was this huge crowd of people. I, as I was getting out of the taxi, I looked to the door and the front door opened a little bit and this little short guy popped his head out and we made eye contact and he pointed at me and he told the doorman, Mark Beneke, him, and they literally pulled me through the crowd and threw me inside and this little guy says, I'm Stevie, what's your name? <laughs> And, and that's Steve Rubell, everybody. And that's for Steve Rubell, yes, yeah. exactly. And so that was instantaneous. Like, 
I mean, that's incredible. Andre, luck. you're like the Forrest Gump. Well, I that you know I was at the 19. I'm 19 at this point. The 19 yeah. year old me was cute. I'll bet. Like, I mean, I, well, it's all gone now. But makes total sense. And I had no idea. You know, I had no idea. No but you'd clue. heard about Studio totally 54. Totally clue. Well, that I had heard about. You were smart enough to understand. To know where to go. But Absolutely. how lucky that Steve Rubell was standing yeah. there. And, um, and Mark Beneke. Yes. And, and he was the chief decider because he's right. a good guy. He's still around. He does the Studio 54 radio cast. That's right. Reminiscing. And On Sirius. I knew I him in L.A. Called, yes, your Studio 54. Yeah. And St Steve introduced me to him and said, this guy always. And he took me around and introduced me to everybody. And. <clears throat> Some of the things that I saw that night, I can't say, but I will just say that up in the balcony, he put me like in the spotlight. And um, wow. shortly thereafter, he came up to me uh, one night and said, uh, there's someone I want you to meet. And it was another guy who uh, the name was Neil and he was from Dallas mm -hmm. and he, we looked exactly alike, except he had blonde hair. And Steve Rubell could not handle it because it was N-E-A-L <laughs> and Neil, N-E-I-L, Houston, Dallas. It was kind of crazy. Wow. And so we ended up, um, I had rented an apartment that was in a building that was being renovated so it wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. And I had like a four-month period where I needed to find another place. And Neil had an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment on Fifth Avenue and Ninth Street. Mm. And he said, just hmm. be my roommate, which almost did Steve Rubell's Be my roommate, twin. In. I'll bet. <laughs> the Steve Rubell wanted to come visit us. And, let me just, and I was I'll like, bet. never going to happen. <laughs> so um, Neil Walker from Dallas, Texas, and I became inseparable best friends. Wow. And that's all that yeah. that ever was. Sure. But, um, and we just had a ball. Well, it's great to be a good-looking, be in New York. But, but I want to know, as you know, as someone you know from the provinces, as Lance said, what was it like to just be pulled? At, like, what was that like? Were you feeling like you were in a dream? Like, what did that feel like? I don't, I don't know that it even registered. I was just like, oh, well, that's Studio Fifty Four, and here I am, and who's that little guy, and who are these people, and and I'm thirsty. I'd like a cocktail, please. Can I please? have a drink? Yes, yeah. and I just landed in that entryway talking to him, and that was just the the beginning of a lot of fun nights and um, he would not let me pay for anything. So I know I went 120 nights in a row and some of those Neil was with me and I'm telling you, we had, wow. we terrorized that I'll place. Bet. It was like your company commissary almost. We really did cause a lot of trouble. And you know, that was the place where the beautiful people or the weirdest people on the planet, one or the other, right? Yeah, it was would so go and weird hang out. because you would just be hanging out near the dance floor and one night I saw Bette Midler out on the dance floor by herself so of course I had to go join her you're such a knight in shining armor you know I thought this I'm gonna be a nice boy from Texas and show my manners how chivalrous not let that nice little lady dance by herself that's just how it was there though yeah Everyone was kind of friends. Hi, Bianca. Hi, Calvin. Hey, y'all. Hi, hi, Grace. Hey, y'all. Hi, gang. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hi, Jerry. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, Jerry Hall. Your yes. BFF. Right. Your sister from another mister. That's but you right. Didn't know, do you know her then? I did not know her oh. then. Oh, really? Because she was um, living in London. Um, but right after I came to, back to Houston and started Neil Hamill Agency, mm -hmm. Eileen called me one day and said, Jerry Hall is doing something in Texas, and I would like for you to go with her. 
And so I, we got it all arranged and I went on this job on some location, I can't remember where. I'd never laid eyes on her until then and we just, I mean again, it was sort of love at first sight and I managed her for 40 years. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, you were the reason that uh, in my former magazine, Brilliant Magazine, you were the reason Jerry Hall was on the cover. It was oh, yeah. because of you. She was doing her reality show when reality was brand new. <laughs> in its infancy. On, ha on yes. finding a boyfriend. And we were helping her Oof. promote that. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget, I mean, the photos that came in, I mean, you know, once a model, always a model. And it was because of you. And she, you know, she... Uh, Half the conversation, half the the interview was about Neil Hammond. Oh come! On. I was like, Madam, I cannot print that. <laughs> and, That's for sure. And then you know, you gave some <laughs> wonderful quotes, and it was a real love affair. And I really saw the genuine love and friendship at a deep level that you two yes. have had and will always have for each other. She's born on my mother's birthday, oh, so I didn't know that. Wow! It's always easy for me to remember her birthday. Yeah. Wow! Jerry said something when she was going through the divorce with Mick that I'll never forget. We were traveling and um, the flight attendant came over right after we took off and she said, Miss Hall, I'm from Dallas and I just want to tell you, I'm just behind you a hundred percent and no man should <laughs> treat a lady like he's treated you. And she was like, that is so sweet. Thank you. And in fact, on that trip, we did seven cities on that trip, and everywhere we went, people came up to her and told them how much they loved her. And um, it's so funny. So she said, you know what I've learned through this whole thing? Always come from love. Bingo. And that's how I've made it through this, right? Wow. And so, she's a resilient Texas woman. Yes. That helps. Every year on her birthday, I send her the following message. Happy birthday to you and my beloved mother. Always come from love. And she always writes me right back. So oh, sweet. That is so sweet. You know, wow. she's married. You know who she is now? She is Mrs. Mrs. Rupert Murdoch. Gatrillionaire. Baby, baby. Have you seen the rendition of her on the Tracy Ullman show? No. Of Mrs. As Mrs. Murdoch? Yes. Yes. I think that you as her that. BFF would really enjoy. It's on HBO. So, and that's a whole separate podcast. That is, Hamlet, right. by the way. <laughs> another subject. But, yeah. but she's but just one of the kindest, so sweetest, sweet. most wonderful yeah. people so, I've ever known. I love know, her dearly. Yeah. You know, let's touch on friendship for a little okay. bit. What is the secret to having such a good friend for that sustained long period of time? Because it's so hard for so many people to really have dec a decades long friendship like that. How do you, you know, what's the one thing well, that makes that Always happen? come from love is one, and the other is choose your friends carefully trust and loyalty are the two most important things to me bingo um i can count on us the list of people that i completely trust is pretty short and i think those people are at this table and two of them are here yes that's for <laughs> sure and loyalty you know i'm it's my nature to be loyal i have always been that way um i think that paid some dividends in my career because I was loyal to my clients. I never repeated anything that I wasn't supposed to. Mm -hmm. I protected them in many ways. And it's just, I don't know. I just, I am, I, ha I have a lot of friends in quotation brackets, but the people that I'm really, really close to that list is and small. And it, as I 
get older. I'll be 59 in two weeks. Congratulations. Happy early birthday. Thank you. It just gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. And you just start spending your time more carefully, I Mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. And a lot of my friends are guarded people. And I don't ever, I don't consider myself guarded um, because I I want people, I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. But um, you have to, you have to be the kind of friend that will tell a friend the truth. You know, as I had to do that many times, you know, I had to tell Stephanie Seymour, it's time for you to leave Victoria's Secret. Yeah. You're leaving $5 million a year on the table, but it's time. Mm -hmm. Don't be asked to leave. Leave on your own. Right. And this is the moment. Leave while you're still having fun. That was not a, that was, yes, and leave while you're still having fun. And that was not a fun conversation to have at all. It was emotional for both of us, but it was the truth, you know, because I think your friends, you owe the truth to. And they say that the greatest kindness is the truth. I think it's the biggest compliment you can pay a true friend. Yes, I agree with that. Is to be candid and just say, I'm going to support you if this is what you want to do, but I just hope that you have considered X, Y, and Z. Right. But I'm here. Well, you're also a very wise person. Oh, Lord. In In the long time I've known you, um, you are, you are wise. You're a sage with wisdom because you've lived a full life and you've kind of, you've, you've been there, you've done it. You've made some mistakes for and, sure and, and, and recovered and you know, you just move forward, right? That's right. Well, thank you. That's really very sweet of you to say, um, you just, uh, you know, when things are, when everything is going great and it's all just the sky's the limit. That's really not a test of who a person is and their character. Absolutely. It's when things fall apart and when people betray you. And, Mm. um, you know, that's the thing about betrayal. It always comes from someone close to you. Yeah. And that is not fun. And um, I think it's part of what made Eileen Ford bitter in her at a certain point in her life. She overcame it. Mm -hmm. But most of the years we worked together, she was very bitter and angry and not very nice to people always and I learned from that and you know my mother taught my mother told me something that really sunk in and she was at my country house visiting and I was on the phone with my office and I was being absolute monster and when I hung up she said I want you to come in here and I want you to sit down because there's something I want to tell you you can either be feared or you can be respected, and they are two very different things. And I am appalled at the person that I just heard on that phone. That is not how I raised you to be. I don't want to ever hear you speak like that to anyone ever again. And you need a timeout, and you need to take a long, hard look. And this wow. is, do you even know what you said? Because I'm happy to repeat it. And she did, and mm. I had a breakdown. I was mm. mortified. And, and I was like, that's right. You can either be feared or respected. It changed me in a very profound way. And that's when I started looking at Eileen differently. Mm-hmm. Right. But she let all of the betrayal and in the model business, agents betray you, models betray you, clients betray I mean, it's just that business. It's just, it is what it is. Um, but I never internalized it. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, when somebody did that sort of thing, my kind of reaction was f you 
be gone mm -hmm. and don't ever dare try to come back because yeah. I, I have nothing else to say to you. Don't darken I've learned doorway. my lesson, yeah. you know. Now, do you think that's part of just with the modeling world because there is a lot of turnover with models? Do you think that just the, the environment of the industry you were in kind of helped facilitate that? Well, I'm sure. Um, you know, sometimes a, a, some, a girl would start dating some guy who was getting money from another agency to convince her to leave and go there and all this kind of thing. And there was there were just so many around every corner there was potential monster um so the people that were loyal that never left were the people that the, the girls that i'm super loyal to and very close to to this day um that are part of my family mm -hmm. you know we just stuck together yeah well you've been a part of the success with style with a lot of <laughs> careers i mean you have really you you have an eye for talent you have a nose for talent, you get it, and you move on it, and then poof, that success starts its journey. What is that like for you? Um, well, there are just basic lessons in life that the model business and the real estate business, as a business model, they're mm -hmm. almost, they really are almost identical. And you're in real estate now yeah, as well. And, and I left Sotheby's where I was, you know, a real estate agent, a mm -hmm. top producer, mm -hmm. multi-million dollar listings and sales and all that great stuff. And I enjoyed that. But when I was recruited by Carmina Zamorano, she recruited me for three years to leave and go to Carnan Properties. When I left, I went into... Marilyn Thompson, the president of Sotheby's, I went in her office and I said, listen, I'm leaving, but it's not for any reason other than it's, I'm not unhappy, but I have an opportunity to go and use all my skills. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I am a little bored, but I just kind of have waited for something like this to come along and this is the right time and the right opportunity. So I'm leaving and, um, I'm grateful for everything I learned here, and I hope that we, you and I, are okay. And she said, well, I'm heartbroken, but I would, I'm glad that you're going to go run another company because I'd rather compete with you than a lot of other people because I know that you're going to run that business with integrity mm -hmm. and honesty, and it's going to be run like Sotheby's. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah. Because real estate and modeling, it's transactional. Yes. It's transitional. Very. It's high speed, so I can see why that, that skill set sets you up, teed you up for the real estate world. Yeah, yeah. they really are very, very similar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I have an eye. There was a guy that worked at um, Sotheby's, Tommy Canarellis. And when I first came there, he came in my office one morning and he just sat, stood in the doorway and he said, Hi, I'm Tommy Canarellis and I just wanted to come and meet you. So I said, Well, come in. And he talked to me about 10 minutes. and. Within 10 seconds, I said to myself, that's a winner. That guy is a star. Mm -hmm. So when I left, he came with me. Gotcha. So again, loyalty so and dedication. Tommy could, probably the only person that could run over my dog and I'd forgive them. Because that's El Diablo, by the way. El Diablo. Oh. <laughs> yes. But that's the kind of... Well, you have an eye for talent. I mean, no matter what... And you know what? He is a superstar. We, he, when he joined, we gave him one of our luxury high-rise condominiums 
the Marlowe downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I put him in charge of selling it. And he has sold that building like I can't even, it's mind blowing, but he is that guy. Awesome. And you deserve that. On Thank you. Absolutely. And while we're on the subject of discovering stars, we're going to be right back with Neil Hamill. Stay we're going to talk about y'all. that. Don't go Stay anywhere. tuned and we'll be right back. Later.